It's rut and river. Yes. Correct. R-U-T. I rest my beard hair right on there, it. And then you know you're there. Like a nice, gentle little pillow for my right, beard. Right. And then I'm all up in it. Oh. I'm like Kobe beef for sharks. Can I ask you, what made you guys call me up about, well, this? That's what tickles our fancy. Exactly. Okay. Thought the Rocky Mountains would be rockier. John Denver <laughs> is not accurate. Man. A guy like you, who has absolutely no clue, and I can hear it in your voice, that, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, you're a blank canvas. I mean, I can just start with you, right, like, from scratch. You, you're going to tell me, a grown man, you're telling me what lure to use and how to fish? You guys didn't s- snap your whopper plopper off either, though. <laughs> Sorry, I Sorry, blew, I blew up over that. <laughs> and we are back. You are listening to the Rutten River Pursuit Podcast. Podcast. We are sitting around a sonic campfire. That's right. We are Reality Outdoor Radio, where our mission is to get you in the outdoors by connecting you with the people, skills, and products you can trust. You, you can, can trust, trust them. Mm-hmm. I'm Ryan. Who do I got with me tonight? This is Dave. I'm Kyle. I'm Steve. And I'm Will. You know, guys, this is the part of the show where I usually say, hey, Bucky, why don't you tell us about this month's sponsor? But I'm going to change it up a little bit. What are you doing? It's it's going crazy. Don't get crazy. Stevie. Yes, sir. uh, Tell us about this month's sponsor. I'll tell you about this month's sponsor. Mm -hmm. This month's sponsor is Quest Hunt Co. The guys over at Quest Hunt Co. have developed the biggest and baddest whitetail deer tournament the hunting community has ever seen. This tournament is currently in seven states, and it's now coming to Pennsylvania. I love the Pennsylvanias. For whitetail hunters all across the state, here's how it works. Get yourself a partner. We set this up for two-person teams. Got them. Once you're signed up, you'll be competing with everyone in your state. Your team is scored on the total gross inches of your two best combined bucks. Nice. The top 10 teams per state will receive prize packages totaling an excess of $50,000. Me and Deke are splitting a bunch of that. Mm-hmm. The tournament culminates with a postseason banquet where all prize-winning deer are officially scored. Right. And if that's not enough, <laughs> go on. Go amazing on. discounts from vendors across the board nice. just for signing up and... Monthly giveaways. Get out of town. I, it's it's uh, it's incredible. Sign up for this epic tournament. Get all the details by checking out questhuntco.com. That's questhuntco.com. Tell them Rutten River Pursuit sent you. Now, nah, see, I don't know if you guys realize this, but that's changed up a little bit from recent times, no, I hasn't did. it? I realized it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's because we're moving on, Deke. We're moving on from Do Big we Fish have Month. To? We, we do, unfortunately. Come on. Can we go back to Bald Eagle Month? I'll tell you what. Those Golden Eagles sound pretty sweet, but not quite as sweet as the way I feel about this month's topic. We are in Archery Month, boys. Already? Come on. Already? What? Archery. I'll be honest wow. with you. I'm in Archery Month pretty much year-round, so yeah. I'm pretty amped up for this one. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got a whole month of it, and what better way, folks, what better way What'd you do? to kick off Archery Month than to head just a little bit west. Yeah. But we're still in... Northwest. We're still in beautiful Pennsylvania. I'm glad you said something. You got to love this. Northwest Pennsylvania, to Mm -hmm. be precise. We've got a couple of the guys from the Whitetail Distraction Podcast on the line tonight. I love the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. I love distractions. It's good stuff, bud. 
I'm telling you, we've got Charles Headland and Austin Schweitzer. You guys there? What's going on? What's okay, up, I'm fellas? Always, not too much, man. It's archery month, like you said. Uh, we I'm, are so we're ready. Yeah, we're 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 on the cusp of archery. Uh, the weather's starting to feel pretty good. A couple of times here in the morning, I'm getting the itch. Had the bow out. I actually just uh, did you? Yeah, I just refleshed a couple arrows here recently. No I got kidding. stuff ready now, boys. So, uh, Charles, Austin, guys, give us a little bit of background here on Whitetail Distraction Podcast. What you guys got going on with that? 50,000-foot view. Sure, guys, no problem. So, Austin and I, we kind of got into the podcast scene, and basically from listening to podcasts ourselves, we really like listening to podcasts, and we always talk hunting every time we get together, and the two of us met because of hunting itself, or really? otherwise we'd never even know each other. Yeah, if, if Austin hadn't hunted and knew a friend of mine that hunted and I hunted, there was like a weird connection there. But anyways, we're best friends now. So that's, we kinda, it tends yeah, to yeah, do it, you know, it tends to do it. And we figured, you know, why don't we just do our own podcast? I was thinking it. Austin said it one day. I looked him in the eyes. I knew he meant it. So pure arrogance. we jumped into it. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, our, our podcast is based off of pretty much campfire-style stories, a little bit of tactics. We love to have the Pennsylvania guys on our episodes. That's that's our bread and butter. Right. Local guys, people that listen to our show are local for the most part, the, the majority of them, so they can relate to the stories from lo- other local sure. guys. You know, so that's kind of where we base our core but we also reach out to some big names and other guys that from listening to podcasts that we really, really love to talk to, you know, a guy like Clint Casper, we just had on recently okay, and did a, a split two episode part with him. So nice. that guy is just across the border from us and he is an ultimate killer. I mean, Very just a cool. full-on killer. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where our background is on it. So what, what gave you the idea for whitetail distraction podcast? <laughs> What, what, well, how'd you come up with that name? Because you, you have an interesting intro, too. I kind of like, I was talking to Charles one day, and like, you're always thinking when you're at work. You know, you might be you might be working on a computer, you might be landscaping, doing whatever, but you're always thinking about deer hunting. Yeah. And I always found myself like, basically, we I'd be at work and I'd just be thinking about hunting all the time. And like, I, I found myself not being able to concentrate on work and just wanting to get out in the woods and, and just constantly thinking of new spots and thinking of new tactics and things that I want to try and did listening that, to your podcast definitely didn't help. Did that actual scenario in your intro play out? Like did did uh did, you get did the boss like chew you out because you're always listening to hunting podcasts? Uh that has happened to me once. Really? Uh, somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. You know, because I, I turned into when I started listening to podcasts, I turned into the guy at work that always has an earbud in one ear. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'd have two earbuds in when I didn't want to hear anybody talk. <laughs> I, know, I know seven of those guys. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't, I was never listening to music. Everybody else was like, what are you listening to all the time? Well, I listen to 12 straight hours of hunting podcasts. That's my life. Nice. People yeah. think I'm on conference calls when they walk in. And <laughs> I got that in. Especially when you're laughing to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Are you answering the podcast back whenever you're listening? Uh, he has to when they walk in there. Yeah. yeah. I'll call you but right back. Is, yeah. That's someone Austin, in the office. Austin covered it. I mean, I'm sure you guys have felt it. It's almost an inner drive. Like makes you, you know, I, I work in an office type scenario. So 
for me, I just I get this inner like annoyance that I can't be inside anymore. I need to be out scouting. I need to be doing things. Oh, yeah. I need to be preparing for the season. And that's where the distraction name comes from. You know, that's where our idea for the intro came from. It was a real life type situation. I think, again, other guys can relate to. And that's why we love oh, it. Absolutely can relate to that. Yeah. And I think that is the case with, uh, you know, all of our listeners, yours and ours, and it, it, that whether it's hunting or fishing or whatever outdoors, it is a it is a huge distraction. But let, get, take us a little bit into your hunting experience and what what got you started hunting? I know, obviously, you know, you guys are big archery hunters, but how did that relationship with archery start? I started hunting well before I even had a hunting license. Uh, my grandfather would check take your eggs. My... <laughs> <laughs> he was not participating in the hunt. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. I was just I was tagging along, you know. <laughs> but just going out squirrel hunting or even going out deer hunting, and I just I absolutely loved it. I was infatuated with it, like every other little boy in the world. Your dad or your grandpa or somebody brings a deer home, you want to touch the eye and hold the rack and yeah. you know, poke it and all that fun stuff. And, you know, I started doing that and then I got my license and went out and started rifle hunting initially because that's Pennsylvania, you know? Oh right. yeah. And then there's no one really in my family that ever archery hunted. So that was kind of a learning experience on my own that I just kind of undertook. And, you know, I wasn't successful at all for the first four or five years. And then I shot a doe and then I shot a buck and then, I started picking up more people started helping me a little bit more like my buddy's dads and, you know, people I worked with and whatnot. And then, uh, yeah, I just turned into a freaking nut. <laughs> nice. yeah, so, yeah. I guess similar of Austin, I grew up in the outdoors. Um, my early ages, I was always out camping and outdoors and fishing, a lot of fishing when I was early, um, in my early ages before I could hunt. And then, you know, right around 10, nine or 10, I would say was when I first started really getting interested in hunting. Like, Hey, where's dad and, and my older brother's going? Why can't I go with them? Hmm. Not understanding what really goes into all of that. You know, when, out there, when they were out there trying to struggle and go through the trials and tribulations of archery hunting with basic equipment. So when I became of age at 12 years old, rifle hunted, immediately, you know, killed a couple doe, uh, rifle hunted for, I mean, I've always rifle hunted, never missed a year, never missed an opening day. But at 14, my freshman year of high school, instead of taking or instead of playing football, I decided to golf. And if I could golf, I could archery hunt every day. Nice. Okay. Like, I should awesome. have thought of that. That's the yeah. same reason yeah. I wouldn't let my son play football. I'm going to kill my right. <laughs> so Everybody was very upset with me for not playing football. And that was probably the best year of my life throughout, throughout high school. Because nice. I got to get into archery hunting. And, and when I started, it was all hand-me-down bows. Things that didn't fit me. My first bow was probably a 28-inch draw, and I probably needed a 25-inch draw. You know, it was just kind of what did we have in the house, and yeah. what what could you get started with? And you make it work. Yeah, you absolutely make it work. And you, the nice part about that is, at 14, you know, you get kind of upset with yourself, but you're learning the faults of bow hunting at a very very early age when you don't really understand bow hunting. So, getting the experience from my father, who's hunted since God knows when. And my older brother, that was a big part of teaching me and learning from him and everything that he does, you know, that was huge for me. I was able to kind of 
shrink that learning curve because I had someone yeah. based it off of. I had someone to show me, take me through the woods, do the scouting, set up my stands for me, make me understand why I was doing what I was doing and being successful doing it. So, so you killed your first deer with the rifle, right? Correct. Did you get the same feeling killing the first deer with a bow? No. No. Um, no. I mean, when I, I shot my first deer with a gun, I had missed three times that day, and I finally got it done. And, I, and don't get me wrong, I was ecstatic. I was pumped. I killed two deer on the first day of rifle season. What? Yeah. Lucky. When, <laughs> that's right. Went up to Clear Creek State Park, just north of us here. Public um, land. Public land. Bless Clear your Creek heart. State Park went up, shot my first doe there, filled my doe tag. It was so dang cold that we packed everything up, went home. On the way home, we stopped on another piece of public, just out past Slippery Rock. And I shot a deer within the first five minutes of walking in. We walked across the wow. road. My two brothers went to the other side of the road. They jumped up a deer, ran across the road, and we heard the, the brakes lock up on a, on a vehicle. And my dad immediately stopped me, him realizing what it was. Me had no clue. I, I had no idea what was going on. Road trip. Off to Doe, walked right across the street, and I shot it dead. 125 yards offhand. Really? My second deer ever. I was pumped. Yeah. It, it's kind of downhill from there. I don't know. Have you, can you, yeah. Did yeah. You, but, I mean. Did you continue your success? I did. Yeah. I killed, really? I, I killed, uh, well, I killed two deer that year. Uh, I think I only had maybe two or two doe tags and a buck tag. So I filled both my doe tags, killed a couple the next year. And then at 14, when I was archery hunting, I don't believe I killed anything at 14, but I think I got my first deer at 15 years old. What's special about this is I killed my first deer with a bow on my girlfriend's property that I got permission to hunt. I scouted, picked my own spot, hunted there the first time in my climbing tree stand, picked out my own tree, and I killed a doe my first time ever. And that feeling outdid any feeling of any deer I've ever killed, probably. Wow. So wait a minute. You, you're able to date the dude's daughter at the age of 14. 15. 15. Yeah. Oh, no, we were dating at 14 also. Oh, I was going to say, we don't know how old she was. Uh, he said he was 15. <laughs> Check your regs. <laughs> and then you were able to work them over enough to let them to get to be able to hunt on their family property. Yeah, they didn't hunt, and they had like 130 acres. What? So, you know, was using it. Man, Hope I would you held on to her, too. So I hunted it for years. <laughs> what, so what do you do? Sell stocks? You car salesman? You do, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're selling yachts now? What? You know, I was in sales for a little bit, but now I'm in accounting. I'm in accounting right now. Gotcha. No, that's cool. That's that's an awesome opportunity. Yeah, and yeah. and to have a start like that, obviously having you know your father, your older brother there as your mentors and stuff is super super helpful. And I just want to point out. That's why it's so important if you have the opportunity to take some kids out hunting and teach them at that young age when, the, you know, yeah. everything is, they're like giant sponges, right? Yeah. So if you can do that, absolutely do it. But I'll say I'm a little bit like Austin in a way with uh, picking up archery a little bit later in life and it was all self-taught. Really? Yeah, man. I mean, there was no one in my family. I mean, I was learning from bare bones to nothing. I mean... I shot a bow from pretty pretty young, but that was just shooting at a target because I was really interested in it. Right. Was that and then I really think you can actually hunt? <laughs> What's that? 
I said, was that Fred Bear Bones? <laughs> I think it was like it was like a little like a little recurve, but it wasn't even a compound. It was like a youth recurve. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, and it was just shooting a bale of hay, man. There wasn't even a target on it. It was just trying to hit the hay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that we all had uh, bows like that when we were younger that just barely penetrated a hay bale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes exactly. they bounce back at you. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful. You gotta watch those ones, man. They hit sideways. <laughs> so, fellas, obviously, you know, PA is a very diverse land set. Um, do you oh, guys, yeah. Do you guys hunt mostly public land, mostly private land, a, a healthy mix of both? What do you guys typically hunt? I'd say definitely a mix of both. I mean, we both have a lot of private places that we can hunt, but we have quite a bit of public around here too. I mean, they might not be the biggest pieces in the world. Like one that's really close to us is probably a hundred acres. It's not really the best, but if we end up driving half hour or something like that, we can probably get on some much larger pieces and they're all over the place. Honestly, just state game lands alone. I mean, they're just, they're littered over on this side of the state. Yeah, I would say our, our private pieces, um, the good thing also about having people in your family that have hunted before you is they've already kind of done the footwork on getting permission to some pretty good tracts of land. Yeah. So we do have permission, my family has permission to some pretty good places that are pretty good size, maybe 200, 300 acres of private property. Now, we're not the only ones hunting it by any means. You know, private private and PA is still public land. Sure. Not, be cool. <laughs> not that far off. Yeah, man. there's access is access. Property. It's right. It's not posted. Um, you know, so for the most part, anybody walks on if they want to. So, but I mean, I also hunt a lot of public land. So for me, I would say it's probably in a typical year 50-50 because our camp in which we go up to every year is in the middle of the Allegheny National Forest. Okay. And it's all public land. It's game lands. It's just giant, giant piece, 80,000 acres. Wow. Land. It's yeah. huge. And wow. we're smack dab right on the edge of it. And everything around us is also open to the public. So it's technically private land, but it's open to the public hunting. And then you have the Allegheny National Forest that borders it. Okay. I've been through uh, parts of the Allegheny National Forest traveling for work and stuff, and I'm pretty sure that's where Sasquatch lives. Really? Oh, man. It's <laughs> yeah, I've been through them in my life. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. want to talk about it? It no. might have just been a naked hairy guy. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never seen Sasquatch um, or Chupacabras, unfortunately, and, and definitely no mountain lions. Oh. Nittany yeah. lions? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that's you guys. That's you guys. We how, don't have Nittany lions. How about oh. rattlesnakes? Yes, we you, have You guys snake hunt up here? We went snake hunting this year. Well, I did. Austin's afraid of snakes. He's a girly girl. I'm, I'm with you, Austin. <laughs> You're in Amen, dude. Yep. I went this year. I went for the first time ever and did not oh, find cool. any snakes. Oh. It was a terribly hot day, but I did find shit, so I was pumped. Did you go with those uh, Leatherwoods? The Leatherwood boys? I did not. They typically only go with family and very, very close friends. We, we had uh, Royer on our episode, and he told us that, that he pretty much just goes with really close friends and family because he's limited to how many times he gets out. Yeah, so he's, he's got some spots, yeah, too. He knows, he knows a couple of Oh, yeah. He won't give them up either, not even off air. <laughs> no, I know. We tried. Well, I did, too. <laughs> so, so you mentioned it was, a, it was a really hot day. Is that – I thought would have assumed that snakes would be 
hanging out on the rocks in a hot day. Is that am I way off there? The the problem is they're cold blooded animals, so they have to regulate their body temperature. So if it's really really hot, they They'll spend be, the majority of time like, like yeah, uh, they, scrambled well, eggs. Yeah, so they, they oh. spend the majority of the time under the rocks. And okay. When they get their body temperature down, they'll come back up on the rocks, but only for a short period of time. So you have to hit it like perfect timing. They might only be up for two to five minutes on top of that rock. It just depends. So you just go digging around underneath rocks looking for rattlesnakes. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't um, know, bud. <laughs> you know, I, my, my buddy Sam and I went out, and in the middle of it all, after we hiked, I don't know how many miles up some pretty sketchy hills and you know rock cliffs and stuff that's you can just break an ankle at any minute yeah and i look at them we're sitting there have to die and i'm looking at them and go why would anybody do this you're walking for miles up just unreal terrain mm -hmm. to look for an animal that is poisonous that if it bites you you will die before you get anywhere near a hospital <laughs> and we're doing it for fun yeah sounds good yes Sign oh, yeah. me up. <laughs> did, did, did you get the whole you know, boots and chaps and uh, tubes? We, tubes? We went, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. We went super cheap. We did have tubes. We had grabbers and we had like some guards that went over your boots. All in. I was in for like 50 bucks without the tag. Nice. Boom. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's get back to archery hunting. Please. Oh, Come sorry. On. Oh, sorry. Sorry. sorry for derailing that. that all out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's good stuff. Yes. This isn't I reptile month, Stevie. So well, there's never going to be reptile month. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> I know that. December's so, reptile month. Yeah. <laughs> so Pennsylvania's archery season is right around the corner for us. What are you guys doing to prepare for the upcoming season? That's a good question, Dave. Ooh, Best one coming know. out of left field with that one. Well, I had ten minutes of reptile talk to think about it. <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I like I like the topic here, man. It's good. Honestly, like the biggest thing, I haven't had a whole lot of time lately to put out cameras and stuff, and that's not the biggest deal to me. I kind of like to be surprised anyway. But me too. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, it's the best. I mean, you don't know what's coming in. You, you get excited every time you see a little time coming around. I mean, it might be a little forky, but it might be a monster. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> another might be, guy. Might <laughs> yeah, I'd say for the most part right now, for us getting ready, we're really just shooting our bow a lot. Uh, you know, looking at maps, shooting our bow, kind of thinking out maybe a game plan of what time of year are we going to hit which piece of property, which one's good early. And we're using really a lot of data that we've collected over the years at these properties. So you guys keep log books, right? Yeah. I do. I have awesome a hunting Oh, yeah. wow. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been doing that for a long time. It's coming. Deke's Huge look, handy, man. Deke's looking for a new podcast to be on. <laughs> log book outdoors. Yeah. Log yeah. book outdoors. I'm, I'm the only one around <laughs> this table. Book distraction that, yeah. outdoors pursuits podcast. I, I'm glad yeah, to see fellow outdoorsmen who believe in this. <laughs> you know, I, I like tried. it. I tried, man. I tried to start it. I did. I wrote down a lot of good stuff from our uh, scouting trips last year and in the, you know in the spring. And we we do a lot of walking around and scouting and that early spring, right before spring, right after winter when it's nice, it's kind mm -hmm. of dry out, it's yep. cold. You can walk a long ways and you can see a lot of sign because a lot of the foliage is down. Yep. So we do a lot of that in early preparation. And then I'm actually going to go out a couple times here, probably within the next couple of weeks and just walk some new properties that I have permission on because I've never been there. But a lot of other places that we have permission, we've hunted for, I mean, I don't know, 10 years, 
I mean, someplace I've hunted for 15 years now. So I got a pretty good idea and I like to go in and just kind of scout my way in and kind of see what's hot and see if the same sign showing up that a sign that's showed up in years before and I've had success. So what's you guys philosophy for shooting your bow at the start of the season? Do you shoot, you know, a, a hundred arrows a night or do you shoot five and call it a night? What, what do you do? How are you getting ready to make sure that you're on target? No pun intended for <laughs> next you, month. How could you not intend that? <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. Uh, I mean, we usually start shooting pretty early because uh, every year in, I think, June, we always have a 3D shoot that we always go to. It's for charity. It's called Camo Cares. It's awesome. I mean, they raise last year, I think they raised $120,000 or something like that. The single shoot that we went to. Wow. For. Is that the Wired Outdoors? Wired Outdoors, exactly. Yeah. It, it yeah. used to be. Uh, it used no, to be. They didn't do it this it's year. It's no longer affiliated, but Cal, uh, he still is involved. He's okay. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah we, we do that. It, it's so much fun to go and do that. So we, we shoot early, and then I try and keep up from then on and season it doesn't happen all the time but i don't want to say i shoot 100 arrows and like that doesn't happen sometimes i only have time for like five arrows like yeah. a whole quiver full and that's it Just, but i don't ever really shoot more than probably 30 or 40 a night i don't i don't really like to blow my arm out or anything like yeah. that yeah i guess it really depends early on i like to build the muscles back up my bow's been sitting in the case all year i like to build those muscles back up might turn the bow down a little bit just to kind of get started just like if you were going to go lift weights, which none of us here do that, right? So we don't understand, but somebody yeah. probably does. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you start with light weights and then you go a little heavier. I know, like but, Mikey Miller and Bo Martonic, like those guys, they like to get hit the gym before they shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. Trust me, I've tried it. It's bad. Don't do like a shoulders day or something, yeah. and then go try to shoot. Bo. You're going to spray arrows, get. Just discouraged. It's stings. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk distance real quick. If you only have time for a dozen or less shots, are you going to just set up at twenty, or are you going to push yourself back at thirty or forty? If you know your pins are dialed in, what distance are you using for a, a short a short round? If I only have like twenty minutes, I'm probably starting at sixty yards. Oh, nice. And then working my way in because those those shorter shots get a little bit easier as you go. Mm -hmm. If I have more time than that and I'm not at my house, if I go to like my mom's house or I go to my dad's work or something like that, I can shoot hundred yards. Yeah. I don't know. I think if I have just, I wish I had a mom like that. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I don't have anywhere that I could probably stretch it at this point over 50 yards. So come shoot here, bro. Yeah, I don't really like Austin, guys. Let's be honest, okay? I just do a podcast with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're familiar. Yeah. As much, yeah. The least so. amount of time that you can spend with him. <laughs> because you're going to, if you're together too much, then you don't have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. We get Less it. is more. Yeah. Less is more. <laughs> so, so what's the advantage to, because you're probably not going to take a 100-yard shot, right, it, Added, I would never take deer. a hundred yard shot so at an animal. What's the advantage to uh, to sh- practicing that far out? Man, holding your pin on a little circle at a hundred yards. Yeah. Go try it and tell me how you feel. Yeah, Stevie, go try. And then go to twenty far. yards That's and tell me how up. you feel. Yeah. That thing looks enormous really? at twenty yards. So I'm yeah. not a bow hunter, so I. I uh, yeah, that's okay. that's the that's, key. That's, you know, so you're looking at a little little freaking pinprick at a hundred yards, and right. you're trying to hold your pin on, it and it's just like. 
it's like painstakingly hard to hold your pen. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much taking you're developing that stability. Exactly. So exactly. Holding and then on. when you get close, I mean, it just it looks enormous, and yeah. that comes into like shot placement when you're in tree stand and you're you're trying to shoot a deer. I mean, I typically try and pick like a little funny piece of fur or something to aim at, like behind the front shoulder. And when it's just this tiny little thing and the deer's at 20 yards, I mean, it still looks big to me when I'm shooting 100 yards and it's tiny and then you move in real close. It's just, it's, it's 100% easier in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, See, yeah that, training that's interesting because yeah. I don't think we've ever talked to anybody that that mentioned doing that. So that Well, start, starting off further away is, yeah. is, is a little bit different, but it ends up with the same idea sure. and the concept that they were just describing there. You've heard me say it a bunch of times, Stevie, aim small, miss small. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Never. Heard a lot of people say, say it. Yeah. Like do, do a lot of people actually do it? That's the key. You yeah. know, and That's how many trick. times you get, you forget because you, you're not training yourself enough. You're not training your eye from far distances to aim on that little spot. And as you move in, you know, you're still aiming at one little spot and you're, you're gaining the confidence to, to hold settle on that spot. And then at the same time, you know, like Austin said, the, the, picture frame just gets so much larger mm -hmm. as you move in it's crazy i mean think about shooting a, a gun at 300 yards of target if you're a gun hunter and then shoot at a 100 yard target mm. yeah you know yeah. It, it's it's training your eye to be ready for those little spots and aiming at a small at a small point yeah i don't think i have a, a stand set up at least in the early part of the season where I could even see 40 yards, but most of the shooting I me do either. in the backyards at 40. Don't Kyle, definitely. <laughs> please. I would agree. Early season, man, if I can get a 25-yard lane, I, I'm happy with it. 30, I am ecstatic. Me too, man. So my, my whole thing, typically, if I'm shooting with buddies, we'll start in, work our way all the way back, and then come back in. You know, maybe a group of three arrows or two arrows at each station move back 10 yards at a time. And then come back in. Makes sense. Yeah. So you, know, you gain confidence, you get your muscles kind of loose and going from shorter distances. And then as you move back, you're training your eyesight and then you're coming back forward. I got a guy this year, um, my our good buddy Andrew Spittle has some yardage that he can get us out to. And I he says all the time, please come out and shoot. I'm absolutely going to take him up on it because that's one of my yeah. weaknesses. You have to yeah. now. Yeah. He's got the setup, too, with a tree stand set up like, for his target range. Well, that's one of my weaknesses. It's like I, I think I practice really hard out to 30 yards. Yeah. I mean, it's like clockwork, the 20, the 30. and uh, But anything further than that, I, I'm not going to say I crap myself, but I get really – Change your shorts. Jittery. Yeah. I get really jittery <laughs> when it, you know, when, because I know I can shoot 40. I've sh I shoot 40, not on, you know, not all the time, but what, but one of those things is, you know, you can do it, but it's not 30 and it's not 20, you know, so. You're out of your comfort zone. What, yeah. And it's just, so it's one of those things. And, uh, I think that it's very important and I think it gets overlooked is it's not, um, Shooting at distance is very, very important for, you know, for your success, you know. Yeah. We get the comment all the time, well, what are you shooting that far for? You're not going to shoot a deer that far. You know, that's a comment that comes up all the time. Yeah. But, you know, then we break it down and explain it to people. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I might shoot that far, but I'd probably never shoot a deer over 
I mean, the farthest I would 100% shoot is probably 50, and that deer better be feeding and not know I'm there, not be spooked or anything. Yep. If it's spooked or something, I'm not shooting over yeah. 25. It, better, you know? it better be playing on its cell phone. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and in, exactly. In, a, in an open field. And yeah, man. If with, most with uh, earbuds, if most PA hunters were, were honest with themselves, even if we talk about strictly gun hunters, you know, these guys are going to ranges and they're shooting and dialing in their rifles at, you know, maybe the minimum of 100. But most guys are trying to shoot two, 300 yard ranges and dialing their guns in. Guilty. Those deer, they kill her at 50 yards every time well, in rifle true. season. Uh, yeah. Mine aren't. And they were going about 400 miles an hour <laughs> when they came by them. But, <laughs> you know, that's just, that's that's how it works. Yeah. You just described every PA deer season. <laughs> 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 Let me ask you guys a question about setups, if I can, just to shift it up a little bit. Ooh. Are we... Uh, shift it up. In Northwest... When I think of Northwest Pennsylvania, I'm I'm thinking of a lot of mountains, right? So I'm the Rockies, particular. Not the not the Rockies, it's <laughs> not PA. But, <laughs> but I I know there is a little bit of ag mixed in here and there. But for the most part, I'm thinking you know ridges and things like that. Are you guys are you doing a lot of run and gun setups with like hang ons and climbers, or do you have the spots now where you've got ladder stands and hang ons that are permanently in there? How are you doing your setups? So I used to hunt a lot of permanent sets. I'd probably hang anywhere between five to 10 sets every year. Not like a whole hell of a lot, but I mean, enough to get the job done. Now, if I hang one permanent set, I mean, it's, it's a place to get when I have two hours after work or something like that, just somewhere to hunt when I don't have gotcha. any time. But most of the time I'm a hundred percent running gun. I don't really use a climber anymore because they're heavy and they're, loud and they clank everywhere when i'm trying to get in but i usually run uh like a hang on and sticks real lightweight nice makes sense yeah. those are yeah, the perfect I, setups yeah austin i have the exact same setup we're both running xop hang on stands and lone wolf sticks currently um it's nice he just got me into it last year the running gun set i still probably have on most of our properties the opportunity to sit in anywhere from uh, eight to 10 different ladder stands that have been there for five years, six years right. in our best spots. You know, some of our best spots are ladder stand spots that I stay out of them and then I might slip in on a long walk in, be quiet and just to get up in them. Uh, a ladder but, stand ninja. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You got to be a ladder stand ninja. And that's what's nice about them is there's no clinking and clanking. You walk up to your stand you have maybe just a backpack on, you slide up in the sand, you sit down and you're ready to hunt, you know, which is really cool. And it's, it's a huge benefit. I killed a deer out of ladder stand last year, but I mostly hunted my running gun setup. I killed all the rest out of that. But, uh, you know, my climber, yeah, after last year, I didn't pick up my climber one time. Now to tie into Ryan's question, um, you know, you guys mentioned about your private spots. Seems like you guys have them pretty much figured out. When you're hunting public land, are you guys doing a lot of in-season scouting? Or are you guys, you know, utilizing your scouting postseason to set up for the next year? How how do you guys typically do that? Yeah, um, a lot of the public land. I've also hunted for a long time that I hunt, but I do. I will go in and scout them. I do a lot of my scouting on public, also in turkey season. You know, I know I'm trying to hunt turkeys, but I'm typically hunting for, I'm scouting for deer. I heard so I'll that. do it then. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a perfect time. You're out and you're Guilty. walking a lot. You know, <laughs> what better time to blow up the woods when you're trying to kill a different animal? You know, so we do that a lot. And, uh, but 
in-season scouting on public is probably key because you have no idea who was there the day before or the week before, you know, who messed up a good spot that's usually good. So if I go in an area of public, usually when I'm driving the public, I have a spot in mind based off of the wind. I'll be looking at my maps the whole way there. Yeah. Um, and then if that doesn't pan out, I show I go in there and I see, you know, set wicks all through the air and not a feeding scrape within a hundred miles. No. I'm going to keep walking and find <laughs> the next spot. I'll have a plan B or plan C. And then pretty much it comes down to me just climbing a tree. <laughs> Can I, I'm going to piggyback off your answer though, and, and add to it a little bit because yeah, there's the piggyback there. It went, um, you guys talked about how you do a lot of that uh, late winter, early spring before the green up kind of scouting. Like shed time. Like shed time. Yeah. That type of scouting, whether you're shed hunting, looking for turkey spots or whatever, but that time of year is super important, in my opinion, on public land. Because what you're able to see are those really worn, heavily used trails that deer use as escape routes. And you get oh. a good idea where those deer are traveling where they're yarding up in the wintertime so you can hunt them in late season, but also where they're traveling, those little escape routes jump out at you when there's no green in the woods. And those are the spots that you want to be at during rifle season when there's heavy pressure on public land, stuff like that. Those are the little escape routes you can find that time of year. Oh, yeah, man. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we say we're going out shed hunting, and we might look for sheds while we're scouting, but a majority of it is really just putting boots on the ground. Me and Charles, we might walk six, seven miles in a day and hit this, 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 this different spots. And, you know, you are spot on finding those trails and those escape routes and stuff and, and finding bedding areas. And we hunt a lot of beds. I'm buck beds. I mean, the past few years in general, um, mostly and finding that stuff in the late season is just freaking huge, man. Yeah. Especially yeah. on public land. Like you said, I have probably found more spots that I would have either overlooked or would have never found if I wasn't out attempting to find a shed because we're in the bedding areas. We're seeing what they're doing. We're seeing escape routes. We're looking for, you know, where's the early season apple trees or things that you don't see whenever you're trying to not mess up a bedding area during the season. So that point in time is absolutely one of our favorite times to scout. You gain so much knowledge from it. Oh. And I don't know if we ever answered your question either about kind of terrain in this area, but as Austin, as Austin mentioned about buck beds, we do have a lot of ridges and a lot of more predictable buck bedding areas on leeward sides of the ridges and, you know, points and fingers. And what we do have probably less than you would imagine. We have more agriculture and more big timber areas that mm -hmm. are kind of little subtle ditches and ridges and, you know, not the real steep mountainous stuff, okay. but we're, we're kind of just off the edge of that where you're still getting pretty big hills in certain spots, but you're also getting, you know, crick beds and real good luscious areas as well, you know, just off of the ag fields. So we have a good mix of different things that we hunt here. Nice. So shift gears a little bit here. Keep shifting. You can't ask him about fishing. It's, it's archery. still archery season, bud. It's still archery season. Yeah. Yeah. Alligator hunting in Florida. <laughs> Pythons. <laughs> go. I'd like to get you guys' opinion on the recent push for Sunday hunting in Pennsylvania. See where where you stand on that. <laughs> and maybe well, this is a, this is probably podcast. multiple podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we did a whole episode on this. Um, It always turns into that right around when everything was kind of getting pushed through. uh, We we talked about it quite a bit, and we are both pro Sunday hunting to the fullest extent. Uh, I think we both want it to be 100% all Sundays should be allowed to hunt. You know, our neighboring states all allow Sunday hunting, at least on, on this side of our neighboring states that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And they produce great deer. You know, some of the biggest buck states, they all have Sunday hunting. Um, you know, I understand that we do have a high population of hunters, but at the same sense, the people that say they want to be able to hike or have a safe spot on Sunday hunting, so they're referring to rifle season. Our rifle season, give or take, is two weeks long. Right. They okay. can't give up two days of the year when it is absolutely bone-chilling cold out, that they're not going hiking anyways <laughs> because they want Sundays to themselves. So for, for people that don't follow this topic or haven't following it and aren't familiar with it, what are some of the reasons for – I, I guess the the antis are given for not wanting to allow hunting. It, it's not even antis though; it's just it's blue laws. You know, yeah. it's it's an old it's the blue laws and the PA farmers. Farm Bureau. Yep. Yes, the PA Farm Bureau is probably or has been the largest uh, group that is keeping Sunday hunting from coming to Pennsylvania for a long time. Although recently. From all the articles I read and the people I hear talk about it, Sunday hunting and the Farm Bureau, they're actually starting to work together because there's been a kind of a switch in the percentage. It's more like 60-40 pro Sunday hunting because of crop damage and because they see, you know, hunters are actually doing good for them right. by reducing populations. Well, why would the Farm Bureau damage. not want people hunting on Sunday? I'm not sure I understand that. They don't want people on their land on Sundays. Sundays are for okay. rest. They want, they want to like not have to worry about people being on their land and getting hurt and every, everything that goes along with that. They don't right. want to have to deal with people knocking on their doors on Sundays to try and hunt while they're trying to have family dinner and you know all that fun stuff. Okay, yeah. and this isn't a matter of the the game commission saying Sunday's open. This is a, a law change, right? That has to happen. This is a law change. The game commission actually wants Sunday hunting. It would increase their budget. It would give them a lot more revenue to have more officers, which I'm all for. I love our game commission, honestly. I mean, they do great things. And I've only ever ran into one or two that were kind of turds to me. Honestly, they're usually pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, another big thing for it is hunter recruitment. We talked about it earlier about getting youth involved in hunting. Big time. I think about when I was a kid and I was involved in sports, you know, and I was involved in in football season Saturdays we practice so I always had a half right. day you know on a weekend to hunt that was it if I had Sunday when I was younger now me I grew up in it I had a success so it, my case is a little different today's world and the kids now they want instant gratification they want success when they go out and they want more than a half a day to do it if they go off for a half a day in rifle season on the first day and that's the only experience they get you're really flirting with an edge of, is it going to be a really bad experience or a really good experience? And hunter recruitment and out-of-state license sales, it probably affects those two the most, in my opinion, because someone from out-of-state is not going to want to come in and do a long weekend. Say you live in Ohio, they're not going to want to do a long weekend here, you know, if they feel their buck tag there, which is the same reason us living in Pennsylvania right near the Ohio line We'll take a lot of our Sundays and we'll go hunt in Ohio. 
we buy Ohio license for that purpose. I was going to ask that. Yeah, a lot of other states, especially on your side that don't allow Sunday hunting, they would come into Pennsylvania. We would gain so much revenue, which hopefully would go back into, you know, obtaining more public land or planting crop fields on on public land. You know, that's where you want revenue to go to Mm -hmm. that we're missing out on because we're not allowed to hunt on give or take eight days a year. And another thing to tie in with, you know, the the youth hunters, it's affecting the recruitment, but also the retention standpoint, because, you know, a lot of these dads and parents that, you know, maybe they work on a Saturday or like you said, you know, they're attending their kids sporting events. If they only have that one day out of the week, majority of the season to go hunting, you know, nine times out of 10, the guy's going to focus on his family commitments before he tries to go out into the woods. A hundred percent, man. I couldn't agree with that anymore than I do. I mean, that that's. 100% 100% of the time. What do most kids play? They play soccer. Soccer, I mean, football. Yeah, they're soccer moms and football and, and, yep. and baseball sometimes. I mean, there's that's usually ball, baseball, league. but typically not as, not as much. Right. But, I mean, those are all, a lot of those are Saturday games even. Yep. Saturday you mornings. Know? A lot of kids. Saturday mornings, yep. man. Think, the best about, in the woods. think about the biggest crave right now. It's fall weddings. Oh. All weddings on Saturdays in Pennsylvania. A I lot of kids there. didn't figure out golf like you did. Yes, yeah, they need that. <laughs> if anybody can take anything from this, golf. I know. Golf the Hit the links. <laughs> yep, to archery hunting and having the most fun and living your best life. I can back up that wedding thing. I got one to go to like the second week in November. Really? Yeah, they, they, you mean you have one to week? not go to? That doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, no. Send the gift. I know. They Listen, won't I'll go early there. October to your wedding on Saturday for a little bit, or after I'm done. <laughs> a little hiding. bit. <laughs> but November, I no know. way. It's rough. Now, see, I'm guilty of being one of those people. My anniversary is October 16th. What the now, heck? That all happened before I got into archery hunting. Like I said, I, I started you were bamboozled pretty, pretty late in life. But it actually works yeah. out to my advantage because my wife wants to get away every year for our anniversary and we end up just going up to the cabin up near state college <laughs> tell so her, go ahead I'm I'm like, I'll, hey, I'll meet you at the winery that sounds made up brian i think the past two years you've been out of state well the last two years it was out of state but that's for the most nevertheless no you're right my wife told me she wanted to have a fall wedding and i told her okay listen we will have your fall wedding but let me tell you something Unless that date falls on a Sunday, moving forward, I will be in the tree stand every single anniversary. Okay, we'll do ours in September. Perfect. There you go. (laughs) That's a keeper. That's right. She's right. She's reasonable. Oh man, standing. (laughs) This one's this one's tough for me to even try to pump the brakes on, just because I'm just getting amped up for archery talk. This is a good show, but it's oh, it's a great show, but. We are at that point where we got to try to wind things around over to our Fast Five segment. And I got a feeling we got two guests on this week. Fast 10. So we're doing a, a, a quick 10. The, the temperate 10. The temperate 10. <laughs> temperate yes. 10. I, I don't. Yeah. I could probably come up with something better. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Question, we're going we're gonna to do a question tango. Yeah. We've got a, a set of questions that we're going to ask. And I think what we could do is maybe mix it up. Uh, Charles, you can go first on the first sure. question and then just keep switching it up. Boy, this is going to oh, get complicated. Boy. You know it is. You know <laughs> we'll it is. We'll keep you in line, boys. Don't worry. But we will try to maintain speed here. They're so professional let's just, podcasters. They can yeah, handle they it. They got this. They got it. So, again, we're going to start with Charles. Let's go with question number one. 
What is one thing you cannot live without in the outdoors? One piece of like gear, anything. anything. It's your anything. call. It's your Could world. Be food, thing. beverage, equipment. Okay, one Honey thing months. I can not live without. I was gonna say Nutty Buddies because oh. they are phenomenal and they are a great food source up in the tree. There you go. Eats them like a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Does he split them apart like Oreo cookies? Cause that's just wrong. He, layer by he layer. Split, no, no. Austin splits them apart. I just take them out and I eat one at a time, and I go down because you got to be quiet. They're yeah. pretty noisy. Yes, they the are. They are. So you got to do this, you know, with some kind of form, and I have an art to it because if you rip them apart, you're going to get a cardboard piece eventually. Okay, without peanut butter, and it's going to taste like absolute crap. It's not wrong. Yeah, right. Okay. Understand. You gotta bite down. Been there. But yes. So Learned that lesson saying, the hard way. Where <laughs> where do you get your nutty buddies? Sheets? Uh it depends. I'm I'm a I'm a big Walmart guy. We get a Walmart clothes, so I go in bulk. I oh, buy a big there you twenty four packs in Fancy. bulk. Nice. And it lasts me about two days in the woods. At the Walmarts. But <laughs> <laughs> two days. <laughs> and six yeah, thousand calories later. <laughs> I can't fit in my hunting gear every year. So <laughs> can we film? Can we film this? Because I think that the Badlands uh, Film Festival would love an episode called Sugar Rush. <laughs> How to properly eat your tree stand snack? Oh, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I like it. We can make I'm this happen. Down for that. Chuck, you didn't answer the question. It's not nutty buddies. No, it's not nutty buddies. To be honest with you, it's my phone. Uh, my your phone, friend. because. I have Onyx running probably the entire time as I walk into my stand, as I'm preparing, going to the location. I can't go in the outdoors without it. Um, nice. you know, I got to play games on it whenever the deer aren't coming in and I'm sitting there for the first five hours. I know nothing's going to move. Right. So yeah. and you have that earbud in listening to Rutten River Pursuit podcast. It <laughs> makes sense. It makes sense. Obviously, I have not gone that far yet because I do want to hear just in case. He doesn't want to laugh out loud. I get it. In the stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's, let's keep the speed moving here. Um, Austin, what's your answer? Copenhagen. Well, that was easy. That ain't a terrible answer either, although I'm a bit of a skull guy myself. Which, uh, I don't know how you bring a whole what, city what with flavor? you. What flavor? What <laughs> flavor, yeah. <laughs> the pouches or the long cut, long, long cut, cut, short cut, winter green? Long cut, man. Do they come in pouches? Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Moving on. They do. Okay, question number two. What is your favorite movie? Ooh. Mm, probably Saving Private Ryan. Are you kidding me? Did we just become best friends? Let's go. That's oh, this is adorable. <laughs> really? uh, can we Saving allow? Saving Private Ryan, first movie came to my mind. Can, can we have two of the same? Like, I guess. Do we allow that? This yeah. is the fast five. No wrong really? answer. Saving yeah, Ryan. So Private. Might as well. Yeah. well. I'll let Chuck have it. I'll just say Step Brothers. Though. There we go. Okay. okay. <laughs> there you go. All right. Very cool. What is one thing that you guys do daily to prepare for your outdoor lifestyle? Eat honey buns and, and nutty buddies. Nutty eat, buddy. eat nutty buddies and chew Copenhagen. Yeah, While saving, watching yeah, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> you think we were going to say gym? Going to the gym with yeah. bows. No, that doesn't happen. Uh, the one thing I probably do daily is never stop thinking of deer hunting. Always thinking about what happened, past scenarios, playing them out in my head, 
seeing what happened, what went wrong, and figuring them out. So the other part cool. of it, I guess, I don't want to take your answer, Austin, so I'll leave it. Never mind. That's that's my answer. It's a whitetail distraction. Truly. That's right. It is truly the whitetail distraction life. <laughs> All right, Austin, kinda, you're up. I'd kind of break off of Charles, honestly. I'm constantly thinking of different places that I can go, different spots where I can ask permission, where I can go that's public. I look at Onyx maps before I get to sleep, like every night, honestly. I'm constantly on there. If you looked at my, if you zoomed out on my state of Pennsylvania Onyx, you'd think I'm freaking crazy, man. Really? There's pins all little, over. Little the pins place. all over the place. Hmm. I left it wide open. I thought you were going to say listen to podcasts. That's why I didn't go to that part. <laughs> I do that too. We but. got another question later on that might. Do you, you hunt? Might be able to right. use that for. Do you hunt a lot of out uh, Ohio, or is it mostly PA? This is I would the fast say 90, 95% is PA and the other 5% might be Ohio. And I go to an Ohio trip every year out of state. We hunt for 10 straight days Ooh. in Southern Ohio. Ooh. And then, yeah, if we can jump over on a Sunday as well, I mean, so let's, let's, if I really wanted to do the math, it's pretty much almost maybe two or three Sundays a year. And then the 10 days that I go out of state. Yeah. Mine are all Sundays. Gotcha. Cool. That ain't a bad deal. Lucky. That was a bonus question. Yeah. All right, Austin. Question number four. We'll let you go first this time. What's on your bucket list? As far as a hunt? Anything. What? Grab a bucket oh, list and answer that. Outdoor snack, hunt. I'd say like an what Alaskan I? moose with a bow. Ooh. Going out there for Ooh. like 15 days and do like a float trip or something like that and trying to kill a moose with my bow, that would be bad. Where was that at? Sorry. Look at us. That would be so cool. That'll sound Sound great. Your beat (laughs) off. Well, uh, yeah, you guys made that one tough. But no, I I really want to see the West. I want to get out. I've never been farther west than Illinois. I want to see the West. I want to see maybe the Badlands or Yellowstone. And I also want to hunt elk out there one day, uh, maybe not too far from now, maybe in two or three years. Within five years, I'd like to fill a bucket list item hunting elk in the West. Sure. Yeah. It'd be, It'd be like the East there. meeting the West. That would be wow. cool. Those are, both, those are both two very doable it. bucket list hunts. I, I think, think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Somebody should start a podcast on that. that Absolutely. <laughs> also doable. Very cool. (laughs) I'll start working out. We'll round this out. Guys, this is fun. Uh, And I just want to know, in general, what makes you happy? Like, what what trips your triggers? Question number five. I'm first. What makes me happy? The only thing that makes me happy in life is, I'd say, six weeks archery season in Pennsylvania. Ooh. <laughs> it's too cool. Oh, damn. Guess he's not going to share this one with his wife. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> <listen to that. laughs> she doesn't even listen to ours anymore. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, you can preach there. <laughs> yeah, mine doesn't either. <laughs> None of them do. <laughs> I think Leanna does, but I'm, not, I'm the Sunday exception. Sunday morning brunch, yeah. right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. What makes you happy? Mm, I'd say... Probably a beach, a beer, and the wife hanging out, just relaxing, not having to do anything, no work, my phone's not ringing. Take it easy, yeah, Panda kind of Bear. <laughs> <laughs> we gave him his answer. Yeah. yeah. There we go. 
That's I'm cool. Playing, playing it safe. Do you fish when yeah. you're at the beach? Oh man, I wish if it wasn't so freaking expensive. Yeah, I hear that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, something man, else to buy. It's expensive as hell, man. I'm usually like a like a largemouth guy around here. <laughs> largemouth, walleye, musky, musky. Yeah. Nice trout. Hey, I gotta yeah. I gotta cut you guys off because Stevie's eyes are starting to get big as saucers yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Now you're talking big fish, fish month is this, over. We'll bring you back next year for Big Fish Month when we talk again. But guys, <laughs> like Northwest it. PA Fish Month. Guys, thank you so much for your time here tonight. I know you guys are busy. Yeah. We love what you're doing over there at the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. And if you could, before we let you go, remind folks where they can hear you and follow you guys and see what's going on. You can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Go Wild, all those fun places, all at the Whitetail Distraction Podcast, except for Twitter, which is the WD Podcast Mm. on Twitter. Yeah. And you can find us anywhere that podcasts are found. Very cool. So, Charles, Austin, one more time, thank you guys so much for your time. It's been a great night. Thanks. And uh, good luck to you guys this season. And we're not too far from it, so I'm hoping to see some uh, some big buck flying around. Keep us posted, guys. Hey, it, real, Heck yeah, guys. Absolutely, quick. man. We appreciate you guys bringing us on and thinking of us. I mean, this was awesome. It was super Our unexpected, pleasure. and I love it. Yeah. I was like, what are they going to think of to talk to two guys that don't know anything that just uh, fake a podcast every week? Misery loves company, <laughs> brother. <You know? laughs> <laughs> no, thank you guys a million times over. We uh, we had a blast on this one. That's uh, great. We may have recorded a better podcast with you than we ever did with ourselves. So thank you. You stop. <laughs> we were just going to yeah. say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> did we just become uh, best friends? Let's do crazy. <laughs> Uh, you want no. to do karate in my garage? <laughs> so, <laughs> absolutely. Charles, awesome. One more thing real quick before we go. If we want to keep uh, a little bit of ribbon and rivalry and stuff going, you guys should probably sign up for Quest Hunt Co. It is a team oh, thing, yeah, and there is two true. of you, so think about it. I've been looking into it a lot, man, and it actually sounds like a better deal even in, like, the, the Northwest Whitetail Championship. North American. North American, American, sorry. North American Whitetail Championship because the entry fee is so reasonable. Yeah. They give out more prizes. Isn't that crazy? The more places, and you're hunting in your own state. We don't have to compete with New Jersey and New York and Pennsylvania. See? It's just Pennsylvania. So I sent hey, over buddy. some questions to you guys. Hopefully you can answer some of those questions for us. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge. I'm looking for a partner because Austin might not be hunting a lot this year. Uh, no. He only needs one day. He got a new job. We don't know yet. He, he doesn't have any vacation. <laughs> well, he needs to stuff. quit. <laughs> I agree, but if, it, if his schedule stays the same, he and I may be a team on this thing. Yeah, oh, very yeah, I cool. hope so. Very yeah. cool. This well, we'll podcasting thing stuff. works out. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll keep an eye on you guys. Again, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you boys soon. Likewise, guys. Thanks again. Thanks. See you, fellas. See you. Later. Stevie. Yes, sir. How the heck are you, bud? I'm good. These hey, guys are fun. Those guys were great. Yeah. Good yeah. times, good times. Sure Make sure was. you go over, check all of their podcasts out. It's good stuff. Yep. Yep. Hey, White here's Tail Distraction. White Tail Distraction Podcast. Here's one more thing. Don't forget this. This episode was also brought to you in part by Protection First Class Outdoors. PFC Lubricants protect and lubricate your firearms, bows, tree stands, and everything else in your outdoor equipment inventory. Your equipment's protected and lubricated during the season. And the deer aren't going to smell you? Come on. You know you need to get some. 
head on over and check out everything they've got going on over at pfcoutdoors.com. Love it, love it, love it. Stevie. Yes, sir. Where can folks find us? Hey, anyone can find us over at ruttenriverpursuits.com, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just search for Rutten River Pursuits Podcast. Check out them YouTubes. Check out the YouTubes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Rutten oh, River yeah. Pursuits Podcast. Download podcast. the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. And anywhere else podcasts are found. Good stuff. Let's keep this archery Great moving. Great show, boys. I can't wait to talk more archery mm-hmm. next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, keep the arrows flinging. Bless your heart. See y'all. See ya. Rig them weightless. Really, a lot of data that we've collected over the years of these properties. So, you guys keep log books, right? Yeah, I do. I have awesome a Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been doing that for a long time. It's coming. Deke's Huge look, handy, man. Deke's looking for a new podcast to be on. <laughs> Logbook Outdoors. Yeah. Logbook yeah. Outdoors. I'm, I'm the only one around Log this table. Book Distraction that, yeah. Outdoors Pursuits podcast. I, I'm glad yeah, to see fellow outdoorsmen who believe in this. One piece of, like, gear? Anything. It's your, it's Anything. your call. It's your Could world. Be food, Anything. beverage, equipment. Okay, one thing I can not live without, I was going to say Nutty Buddies because oh. they are phenomenal and they are a great food source up in the tree. There so you bad. go. It eats them like a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that makes me happy in life is, I'd say, six weeks of archery season in Pennsylvania. Ooh, that's <laughs> too happy. cool. Oh, damn. Guess he's not going to share this one with his wife. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> <listen to that. laughs> she doesn't even listen to ours anymore. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, you can preach there. <laughs> yeah, mine doesn't either. <laughs> None of them do. <laughs>